I asked the Lord for a lighthearted message today, a message that would be uplifting and in the way I feel right now, it would have been the right message. But the Lord had another plan and the Lord gave me a task and I must bring that task to you today. As I wondered why the Lord would give me two messages back to back that are so intense, it seemed that the Lord impressed upon my spirit that he's perfecting us. That's what he's doing. He's perfecting us. He's perfecting his people to be the church that he has called out of darkness. And this church is the church where he wants to show his marvelous light. It seems if God is cleansing us and perfecting us from the inside out. So on the second Sunday of this new year, I want to talk to you this morning about unclosed doors. Unclosed doors. From as far back as I can remember, I have heard it said time and again, if you open the door, close it. I remember as a kid, I remember when we got air conditioning. A lot of you do too. Before that, it was a window fan. And you hoped it pulled good enough to pull air through all of the windows in the house. But I remember when we put that air conditioner in that window, one of them old big window units. And being a kid, I was used to the screen door being being the only door closed. So... The air conditioner's pumping away, and I'd hit the door to go outside. Maybe Mark had come up, and we were going to play, and, and I'd hit the door to go outside, and the next thing I'd hear would be, Daddy, boy, come back here. You open that door, you close it. We, we didn't put air conditioner in here to coolie outside. We put it to coolie inside. That door's got to be closed. Close that door. Yeah. If you opened it, close it. If you unlock it, lock it back. Don't expect or assume that someone will come behind you and take care of it for you. If you have a key, you have the responsibility of unlocking and locking. The same principle has to apply in mine and your spiritual life. When we ask for his forgiveness, and we were filled with the Holy Ghost, his word says in Psalms 103 and 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Never to be held against us, never to be remembered, they're forever forgotten. From his perspective, it's over with and done. For himself, for himself, he closes the door on that part of my life and on on your life. And he gives us a new life, a new life filled with hope, joy, and peace. Here's the issue. He never remembers, but we do. Our sins are cast But our lifestyle that went with those sins, sometimes they haunt us. Tragically, sometimes we glory 
and who we used to be and share stories in a braggadocious way. We do. I was picking at, picking at Chris because I was telling him what I was going to preach. I said, you know, it's kind of like you bragging about killing a bottle of vodka. I said, that's what we do. As men, sometimes we, we recount activities from our past as a badge of honor, express, expressing our manliness, if you will, if you can see any manliness in that. And as women, you may divulge the past as an expression of your being a woman of the world. But let me declare to you this morning, if you can recount your past without tears of shame in your eyes, you have left some doors unclosed in your life. I said earlier, he's perfecting us from the inside out. This may not be a smooth ride for some of you. Some of you may not even relate to what I'm going to say today, but this is going to, well, it's just going to do what it's supposed to do. You or someone close to you will have to pay for those unclosed doors that you didn't close. There is a passage in the book of Mark that most of us are very familiar with. It's an intriguing passage, passage, for it does suggest something I've always considered to be very impossible. That impossibility is an innocent child being possessed, being possessed of the devil. Remember the text, it's Mark chapter 19, beginning in verse 14, it says, And when he came to his disciples, Jesus has just been on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And the three, four of them have just come down to the, where the other disciples are. And they see a gathering and this man has brought his son. And the disciples had tried to cast the spirit out, but they couldn't. And so that's where we are in the scripture reading. When he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tarreth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and he pineth away. And I spake unto thy disciples and that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and he wallowed foaming. This is demon possession, in case you're wondering what it is. And he asked his father, Jesus asked the father of the boy, said, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus saith unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, 
I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. It has always been my opinion. And I still hold it today that the devil cannot possess whomever he wants to possess whenever he wants to possess them. There are people that will argue with me, but I think I have enough Bible to support my position on that. If that were possible, if the devil could possess whomever he wanted to possess, whenever he wanted to possess them, then there would be no flesh left on earth that was not possessed. It is Satan's goal to possess or to win for himself all that he can. In other words, all he wants to do is take as many away from God as he possibly can. However, something holds him back. And I feel it is an unspoken word in the spirit world that God has instituted allowing us to be creatures of free choice. However, with all of that said, we have a reality here in, in Scripture that suggests a child was possessed. And how is that possible? Remember the text starts out verse 17 that says this, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son. Now, let me gather this. Let me, let me, let me help you with your, with your thinking. The man said, I have brought my son. I could easily bring Keith before you that Keith has a need and I could say, I have brought my son. And that would be true. Keith's 41. I'm 65. He's still my son. Okay. Verse 18 went on to say, and wheresoever, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. Talking about the spirit. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away, and I spake to thy disciples, and they could not cast him out. But Jesus asked the question down in verse 21. He says, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And the man said, of a child. I'm going somewhere. Demonic possession in a child, how is that even possible? Scripture does not bear out for us all of the details of this situation. I don't know anything about this man's life that has brought his son to Jesus. I don't know anything about his past. I do know that the culture of that day had a lot of things involved with it where there was idol worship and wherever there is idol worship, there is satanic influence in those things. So I don't know anything about that situation. But when we compare this scenario with other scriptures in the Bible, I see a scenario that makes such an impossible situation possible. So let me digress just a moment for the sake of clarification. I do not believe that the devil can possess whomever he desires to possess. I still believe that. 
If God was going to allow the devil this privilege when God, being the creator of the rules of the spirit world, if you will, would have, he would have allowed himself the same privilege. In other words, if the devil can possess whomever he wants to, when he wants to, then the Lord could say, well, I'm going to give the Holy Ghost to whoever I want to when I want to. But that denies you and I the right to free choice. Free choice was the reason that he created man in his own image and his own likeness in the first place. God had the angels. They were created to do the things that, that they do. They honored, they praise, they worship, they glorify. You've read the scriptures in Revelation where they circle the throne day and night crying holy, holy, holy. That's their job. That's what they do. Ironically enough that when we're filled with his spirit, we automatically join that chorus and we begin to worship and we begin to praise. They do all the things we do once we're filled with God's spirit. However, our difference is, is we do it by choice. The angels do it by created purpose. At some point in time, every human being will have to make a choice as to whom or what they will worship. I said every human being, so everybody hearing me, you're making a choice. And you may say, well, Brother Bruce, I may not be worshiping God, but I definitely don't worship the devil. And I understand that. But if there's anything in your life that has priority over God, that's where your worship has started. Worship is not necessarily this. And it's not necessarily this. From our perspective, it is in the house of God when we exalt and magnify and bless the name of the Lord Jesus. That's worship. However, Whenever I allow things to get between me and him. In other words, something that takes importance over him, then that becomes worship. Remember what Joshua said as he spoke to the children of Israel in Joshua 24, 15. He says that if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. Now y'all, there's a lot said in that line right there. Maybe some of it is, is just understood but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, Joshua is saying, I have made a decision. There is nothing in my house or in my family. My family will not put anything ahead of God. Nothing in my house. And you've got to understand, this is in the days when there were servants and all that. Nothing in my household will put anything ahead of God. God will be supreme. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made a choice. Joshua in his declaration closes all doors of past lifestyles. Options from the past are no longer available. 
But how did this son, who was a child at his time of possession, get possessed in the first place? A little insight into this possibility is given in the Old Testament three times in the law of Moses. It is recorded that if you bow down to any other God other than Jehovah, then there are consequences. Three times. Deuteronomy is the one I'm going to select, but there is also in Leviticus, and and I also believe it's in Exodus. Three times. He says, I am the Lord. You'll recognize this. This is the beginning of him giving the, the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. Or can I say those that have left doors open to their past. In other words, if you're bowing to these things, you served. Alcohol. I'm just going to go ahead and be an old-time apostolic preacher, okay? These things that you served, alcohol, tobacco, unholy music, improper movies, evil, bloody video games. You have left a door unclosed in your house. And don't give me this thing, well, I only drink when it's a social occasion. It's just a social occasion. You know what? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but... but you see Chris in this pulpit every Sunday. It only took one drink for Chris to be addicted. That's all it took because that addictive gene was in him. And maybe you may make it without sipping on it. Well, you know, the scripture even says a little wine's good for the stomach's sake. And, uh, and, and, that, and maybe that is okay with you. And, 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 but when you're sitting at that dinner table and you're drinking with your little deal of wine and you think it's okay can you guarantee me that everybody sitting around that table following your example doesn't have that addictive gene somewhere in their DNA isn't it just worth leaving it alone I mean we don't need to argue and debate this topic well, you know, a cigarette just makes me, I just calm down. Well, I calm down with a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Probably needs to be on the can of the Dr. Pepper that even the Surgeon General says that this, you know, like it is on the cigarette. Unholy music. I, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. 50s, 60s, and 70s. In the 60s and the early 70s, there was this thing that got to be a hot topic called backmasking. Whether it was actually real or not, I heard some of it. And being having a background in the recording industry and all of that, I understand how it can be done. And there were there were groups out there, such as Alice Cooper, 
And I'm just going and pulling some of those out from, from my time where, you know, Alice Cooper on stage used to bite the head off little animals on stage. And <laughs> there, were, there were plenty. That was satanic worship that was involved in that. There was one particular group that they gathered at their record company and they did a satanic ritual over all of the albums that were about to be distributed across the nation and they were proud of the satanic ritual and you think well it's just music it's just, I like the beat brother Bruce and I'm not going to harp on, on movies and video games y'all already know how I feel about all that but if you're allowing that mess in your house, you have got a door that is unclosed. And I may be getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but there are spirits that look for unclosed doors, and they come in and out of them. It's not, it's not ironic that the Lord said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open the door, free choice. If you will open the door, I will come in and sup with you. In other words, I'll come in and, and we'll have fellowship together. We'll eat together. And that devil's not looking for a door that's just blaring wide open. All he's looking for is a little crack. And he'll slide on through. In fact, if you would go back in your private time when no one is looking and visit those things again that you've left in the past and you look at them with longing, you've got a door that is wide open. When you came out of darkness into this wonderful life, you were made a new creature in Christ Jesus. It was understood at that time that old things and old ways were put away. Who you used to be, you are no more. You are now a child of the Most High God. Old lifestyles don't fit you anymore. How in the world, and Scripture talks about, you cannot mesh together Light and darkness. There's no way that you can do that. This is why you must choose whom you will serve. As Joshua challenged the children of Israel, the Lord can and he will fill you with his spirit, but it is left up to us to close the doors on yesterday and who you were before Jesus made you a new creature. If that door is not closed, there will come a time when you with a longing will look back and wonder what it would be like to go back there again. Scripture says there is pleasure in sin, but it also bears out for us the destroyed lives that go back into their sin. Very strange passage of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to read it from the NIV. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. 
verse 21 says, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs and the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit. And a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. The point of this message and the answer to my question of demonic possession of a child is answered in this one statement. If you, once being saved, return and entertain the sins of the past, then the door is wide open and the spirits that once provoked and tempted you are released upon you, your children, and on their children. You say, Brother Bruce, that's quite strong. It, I just read it to you from, from Deuteronomy about the, 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 the sins of the fathers being provoked on the kids, the third and fourth generation. It is imperative that we close the door on yesterday and open the, wide the door to a blessed and a new day. The glory of our lives in, is not, the glory of our lives and not in in yours or my past. Let me say that again. The, gl the glory in our lives is not in mine and your past. It's not there. Our glory is in our future. If our choice is to serve the Lord, He can make you a brand new creature. But you have to turn from yesterday. This message today is not a message to just listen to and say, ah, that was a good message or so-so message. This message is meant for us to take out the door today and to measure ourselves. It's meant to inventory who we are, what we do, and how we do it. What have we come from? What, have, what, have, what, what did God bring you out of to where you are now? I mean, I, I hear the testimonies. I'm a, let me just say this. I've, had, I've heard the testimonies of saints of God that stood in this room and they testified and say that God brought me out of the world and this was the type of person I was. But God gave me a conviction and, and I now hold a conviction that this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and I, feel, I feel so much better in the Lord because the Lord has set my feet on. And I'm paraphrasing. But to only watch those people years later begin to go back and do some of those things that they said the Lord had given them a conviction for. Lee Stone King said one time, he said, you ever, you ever lose your convictions, you'll never regain them. Now, I'm not going to argue that point. I believe with God anything's possible. But I have seen those people as they, as they went back and they began to think they could exercise some Christian liberty and go back and do some of those things that they used to do. And I simply watched them as they slowly made their exit out of the church and that's 100% of the time I have watched that happen so if God's given you a conviction don't tamper with it don't mess with it I don't care if everybody else in the church is doing it 
You can't. If you've got a conviction, you can't do that. Every one of the preachers is standing in this pulpit, and I don't fault them for that at all, but every one of them wear a wedding band. I can't. I'm Mr. Flash and Dash. You've heard my testimony. I wanted to hit records. I wanted to be the guy in front of, I wanted my name on the billboard. I wanted number one hits across the nation. I wanted, I wanted to be a household name. So sitting right there one Sunday morning, on the third Sunday morning that it had happened to me, I had just recorded my last album. And I'd step to this pulpit every morning, every Sunday morning, and I'd raise my hands. Never had happened before, but three Sundays in a row, I had three little diamonds in my wedding band. And I raised my hands like this, and those diamonds began to blink. And that was distracting to me. So I would just simply take my ring off, stick it in my pocket, and it would stay there until I went and sat down and I put it back on. But my record company was, was, was negotiating to make me a regular on TBN. So I got to watching a lot of TBN. I noticed that all the people on TBN, the hand holding the microphone, had the biggest diamond on it. That was what I was wanting to be. And sitting right there one Sunday morning, mine and Uncle Elon's chairs were right here. I asked God, I said, what's the deal with my ring? <laughs> Still gets me. He says, who do you want them to see, me or you? I had to close the door. I couldn't leave that door open. My wife is a witness in those early days of our marriage. I didn't care if it was gospel music or country music. I would have, I would have gone whichever way they would have wanted to go. I just wanted to be in the music world. I wasn't in the ministry yet. Let's clarify that. I was in my 30s before I submitted to, to my call to preach. But I had to close the door. Now that I am where I am, this life of serving Christ, who am I? What spirit? Let me ask you this, and I've and I, and I, I got to finish. I don't want to be as long as I was last week. What spirit do I portray? What about my spirit and my attitude toward life and toward others? Am I always in a bad mood? I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Am I always in a bad mood? Am I always argumentative? Am I quick to find somebody to argue with and fuss with? Then if you are, there's a door that is open on your past that spirits are passing through and they're poking and they're prodding you. This Holy Ghost, this is a sermon like you've never heard before. It's a sermon like I've never preached before too. This Holy Ghost, well, let me just do it like this. Let's, let's let the Apostle Paul describe for us what this Holy Ghost is supposed to be in us and to us. First, first Peter. Did I say Apostle Paul? I meant Apostle Peter if I said Paul. First Peter 1. Praise be to the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Now, isn't that a great promise? Who through faith, listen, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That's who you are. You're shielded by God's power. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And this is talking about the Lord. And are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In other words, what he is saying, this that you and I hold in our heart, the Holy Ghost, is joy unspeakable and it's full of glory but he is a jealous God and he is not going to share his abode with any other spirit that's why I'm saying to you today every door to your past has to be closed it cannot be left open who you used to be has to stay where it was but today I am a new creature you are a new creature in Christ Jesus How can we declare ourselves overcomers by the word of our testimonies if we are still treading through the garbage heap of the past? You're still walking back and forth and remembering and you got mementos. Some of you might even have some mementos in in your house. Maybe some of those albums from years ago. Someday it may be a collector's item. I don't want the spirit hanging around in my house. We've been made overcomers by the word of our testimony. This that we have, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is supposed to be to us joy unspeakable and full of glory. But there is no joy if we're still playing footsies with our past. Won't you stand with me and I'm going to quit. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there saying, Pastor, how do we close the door on yesterday? It's called a decision. Joshua made one. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You must make up your mind. I don't know what they're going to sing, but I told her that they could do that song, I give you all. I give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I'm going to give it. I will not withhold. I've got to give him everything. You have to make up your mind. Ask God to give you a vision of what a blessed life will look like if you will let go of your past. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you deal with depression. Some of you deal 
with mood swings simply because you've left doors open to your past. It's hard to see the blessed life as a blessed life if you still are glorying, glorying in your past debauchery. At some point, you may have to ask God to deliver you from your past to help you get beyond your past. If this life with Christ is not filled with joy, peace, and love, then there are some doors open in your past. If your life does not look like the description given by the Apostle Paul that I just read to you, and also by what Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5 about the fruit of the Spirit. If you've looked at the fruit of the Spirit and said, well, I'm, I think there's, what, eight or nine of them? And you say, well, I, I got four, four out of the nine. I got seven out of the nine. I'm doing pretty good. You failed. He wants you to have them all. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, temperance. Here's the trouble with open doors. If you have open doors on your past, then the spirits of the enemy of your soul is coming and going through those open doors, and they are constantly bombarding your life. And if they can't discourage you or steal your victory, listen to me, then they will look at what is close to you. Your spouse, your children, your family, your extended family, even your church family. And they will attempt to destroy the ones you love and the things you love. As long as the door is open, it is open season on your life by hell and by hell's fallen angels. Now, I've delivered to you a very different word. But now you're responsible for that word. But before you come to me and say, now, I disagree with you on that, and, and, and really, I've never had any of you to do that, and I don't expect it now. But, but even if you just quietly in your own mind said, well, Brother Bruce, I really don't know if I accept all that then go through the Word of God. I have always believed, and I still contend, the devil cannot possess whomever he wants. But I have pastored long enough now, and I have gone into situations to where there were homes where mom and dad were not filled with the Holy Ghost. And, mom, and those moms and dads were devils in themselves. And those little children, three, four, five, six, seven years old, were little devil, devils in the making. You know it to be true, too. This was not a message to shout about today. It's not really a message for us to come grab the altar and just squall and squall and squall. It's a, this, is, this is inventory time. What have I exposed my family to? If I have not closed all of the doors of my past. If you look at the past and there's things you like that you, you tell about it and you laugh. 
then it's not as horrible as you probably have thought it was. In fact, if you laugh about it, it's kind of a sweet memory. But pure water and salt water can't come out of the same fountain. Light and darkness cannot coexist. So it also stands to reason that a Holy Ghost filled child of God can't play with the world. In fact, we are told by the it says, come ye out from among the world and be ye a separate people. He says, you are a chosen generation. He says, you've been made overcomers. Well, you're, if you're an overcomer, then that means you have victory over something. You've been made overcomers by the word of your testimony. I think it's time that we give him everything. Now, what I'm going to ask of you, I'm going to ask you to find you somewhere as they prepare to sing. I'm going to ask you to find somewhere and ask God the serious question. Are there any doors open? I mean, you, you can say this. You can say this. You wouldn't give Brother Bruce that message if there wasn't some doors open in some lives in this room. And Lord, is my life one of those, do- one of those lives that has doors open to the past? those of you watching online consider it right where you're sitting right now is my life one of those was God speaking to me today through this message only you can answer that question so as they begin to sing thank you for being here first of all but I want you to find your place and let's ask God that very serious question God bless you for being here this morning in Jesus' name.